it's time. It's really time, Phil, again for the Complete Inbox podcast. How are we doing today? Um, we're doing great, Rich. How are you doing, man? Well, we are doing just fine. You know what? I'm not <laughs> even going to ask you how your like week was or last two weeks was. I'm not going to throw you under yeah. the bus like I did last time because sure. I feel like I, I let you step on a landmine and maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe <laughs> you know, I should have. Having a baby in. just wasn't enough and uh, <laughs> people were bored with the contents of my week. I get it. I yeah. lead a boring life having babies. And, uh, and doing that. So I want to start by, uh, I want to ask you a question and at this, I didn't even mention this in our pregame setup because I wanted this to be just a natural conversation. Okay. That's right. Catch me, catch me blind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to throw something at you and I want you to, I want your feedback on this. Okay. So I'm having a chat with my students today and I overhear this conversation. Uh, one of my students saying that her grandmother used to make her crackers with peanut butter, tuna, cheese and pickles no all this on a cracker now my question obviously okay my, my question wasn't is is that sound good because no it doesn't okay good yeah it's a yes or no i'd be a hard no but there i feel like every person has a cut like one at least one item or one food that like you ate when you were a kid that people would just be like <sighs> oh my god are you yeah. freaking nuts right for sure, dude. So, for sure. so for example, right? Like, I okay, I am still a huge proponent of spaghettios out of the can. Like, I will eat a spaghettio <sighs> right out of the can, right? Which a lot of people would Fair find enough. disgusting. You know what I mean? And I and they I do. admit it. But another thing that we used to do with my family was that, like, and you can ask B Mall this, and B Mall will have my back. Boxed macaroni and cheese. Yeah. With Vandekamp's pork and beans. <laughs> Either on top or mixed together. <laughs> What? Yeah, dude. Dude, I can't imagine the slime mess that comes out of that <laughs> concoction. Like, holy shit! I don't know how to. I don't know how to imagine that. Like that. That sounds like terrifying, dude. Yeah, that well, sounds like the. I bet. I bet they fed the kids that on a set of Gummo. Like, I bet that's a sure thing. <laughs> and so, like, I recognize that. I have that awkward or weird like food thing that, you know, I haven't eaten in a while. Yeah. It's not like I go out of my way to be like, oh, today's a good day for pork and beans and macaroni and cheese. You know what I <laughs> mean? Uh, yeah. But, you know, usually like I would at this at this conversation of peanut butter and tuna fish like going together. Right. Yeah. And then right. throw a pickle uh, on top of it. You know, I raise no. my eyebrow. But then I, immediately I go back to like, dude, like I've eaten some weird crap in my day. So I for should sure. throw shade on somebody's, you know maybe depression era grandmother who came up with this idea for peanut butter and tuna fish. You know what I mean? Holy smokes. Well, no, hold on. I mean, I appreciate your ability to step outside yourself, you know, and kind of think, wow, everybody's got that weirdness, but I want to bring it back to reality and that it's all relative. Right. So as much as I just clowned on you pretty hard, uh, understandably for yeah, and this, I deserve uh, pork it. and Absolutely. beans and Mac and cheese business, dude, if you put the dishes in front of me and you're like, all right, you got to eat one of these. One is pork and beans and mac and cheese. And the other is a saltines with peanut butter, pickles, and tuna on them. You bet your ass I'm going with pork and beans and mac and cheese. That's okay. The other one's like the other one's like insane. Like, you know what it reminds me of is like Jamie Gay's, like, how do you make a Thanksgiving turkey? But she'd ask that to like three and four-year-olds and right. they would just come up with the wildest shit. I'm pretty sure a four-year-old invented that recipe out of thin air. That's crazy. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, but do you, so I guess the question is just, do you have like a weird food? I, yeah, I'm afraid so. Nothing I'm proud of. Oh God, this is embarrassing. 
uh, I don't know how it could have even been allowed. Like, it's probably like child abuse when I think about it. So my babysitter at the time, you know what she was cool with me doing to kind of hold me over till lunch? Grabbing a, a fro- grabbing one or maybe even a couple frozen fish sticks out of the freezer, just gnawing on a frozen fish stick, dude. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. <Yeah>. For- <laughs> and this is yeah. why I wanted this to be a natural conversation because oh, I'm, gonna, I'm yeah. over here crying. So you actually you- ate a frozen fish stick like a goddamn Slim Jim? Oh, multiple. Like the best part is when you asked me this question, and I knew this is what the question to go to a little bit into your what you were leading into. And I was thinking in my mind, like, I don't have anything weird. Like there's nothing weird. And then all of a sudden I was like, holy shit. Like I definitely ate frozen fish sticks as a kid. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I don't know. Like I just remember like chewing through oh like the God. frozen, like packed ice mass of fish <laughs> in that stick. Dude. Yeah, dude. Uh oh, I don't know. That's crazy. God. Do what I do what I also used to do, which is a weird thing as a kid. Um, my like summer break, I was like a latchkey kid. I was left home probably starting like babysitting myself by about like age nine, like yeah, third grade. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, you'd be bored and hungry sometimes, just kind of getting through your day. And at one point, I just kind of rooting through like the spice cabinet basically, uh, above the looking for anything just to kind of middle around with. My mom used to get those old like Swiss mocha like instant coffee tins. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those things? Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, just grab a, grab a spoonful of that powder and just down the hatch, dude. Just Wait, chew up. what? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did I you cough it out? Like No, no, you just chew it up and you just swallow it. No. Because it's just sugar. Yeah, no, listen, I've talked to other functioning, I'm talking like adults who make rent, adults who <laughs> like know how to drive a car. <laughs> uh, and there, I ran into making functioning rent, kid. American... Yeah, I've, made, I've run into a functional American adults who admitted that they had done the same thing. Um, I also did with that Nesquik powder, which is pretty much the same shit minus the coffee. I'm not yeah. saying I've never done it. Ah, there we are. But, All right. Okay, but because, uh, of course, you know, as a child, you're curious and it's like, man, this tastes good in milk. Why wouldn't it just taste good in my mouth, right? Exactly. So, but the problem with that is that I think I did it once my whole life and I think I coughed it out like immediately. And yeah. it looked like a cloud of smoke coming out of my mouth. And so I think at that point, I, I assumed that like, <laughs> that's how <you> <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I assumed that's how like, you know, kids learn, you know, it's like, you, well, you stick your finger in a socket, you blow up, <laughs> you don't do it anymore. You know what I mean? So I figured that, but you went back for seconds and then so. I did. I, I think quitters never win rich. And uh, maybe if you'd have stuck with it a little bit, state got back on the saddle. Uh, with uh, powdered chocolate, um, you could have uh, it could have changed who you became, which I'm glad it did. You know what? Because I love you, and I'm glad that you know you didn't do shit like eat frozen fish sticks. You just stuck with the tried and true mac and cheese and, uh, well, and beans, Franks and beans. Whatever well, it was. you know, since we're being honest here and we're throwing all the cards out on the table, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to drink the syrup out of the bottle out of the fridge, like chocolate syrup. No, oh, like maple syrup. Maple syrup. <laughs> Like those guys from Super Troopers. Hell yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, I never had the stomach for that. Ooh, that must have been a rush. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I was like, <laughs> get out of bed, go downstairs and be like, ah, you know what sounds good right now is uh, some log cabin or Mrs. Butterworth. Hell yeah. Take what off a, this lady's head and, and drink up. Oh, that's great. That yeah. is awesome, dude. I'm glad you, I'm glad you 
knew you could trust me and our listeners well enough that uh, you could let that let that out. Yeah, That's I think excellent. I've only actually ever told my girlfriend that. And <laughs> so like when we're laying in bed or whatever, she'll just sit there and poke me and be like, syrup belly, syrup belly. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, which which is funny because so when we were also younger, like we ate French toast, but also with just like butter and salt and pepper. You know what I mean? Sometimes, uh, and so oh, it's no, weird. I don't know what you mean. What do you mean, salt and pepper? <laughs> Jesus Christ! So you it's make not mashed French, potatoes, dude. You make French toast, uh, and then you put some butter on it and throw a little salt and pepper on it, and and it's a. <laughs> Speaking, <laughs> you just try to sneak in that salt and pepper at the end. You know, you know what you're doing is wrong. You know, it's like, no, come on, dude. It's just, it's normal French toast. You're going to get syrup. You could even get a little bit of cinnamon, sugar, salt, pepper, like whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's great. Oh man. I can already tell that this episode is going to derail and I'm all into it. Yeah, <laughs> oh my yep, God. I think so. So yeah. Uh, so anyway, I guess what we're trying to say is, is, you know, uh, own it, man. Own that weird shit you used to do with your food. Uh, and right. cause someday it will never come back to haunt you in a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it wasn't possibly going to give you a foodborne illness, like a frozen, <laughs> like a frozen fish stick. Fish stick. Well, I yeah, mean, they, they, exactly. they just flash freeze those, right? Like those are cooked already, aren't they? I like flash freeze. That's kind of, that's a neat edge to, you should get a hold of their marketing team. Like, I feel like that's kind of like blast <laughs> processing for food. Like the, when you say it like that, it's like, Ooh, fish sticks, what the astronauts eat. Like that's some really fancy stuff. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that stuff was just straight up like off the factory floor poison. And I just rolled the dice and got lucky a handful of times or something. Cause, uh, yeah, I imagine you want to get those things cooked to an internal temperature of something be above 30. before you consume them yeah probably a good idea yeah uh all right so let's go ahead and let's jump into this bleeding (laughs) box podcast uh episode 14 hey while i'm thinking about it uh you know you should rate us on your favorite uh podcast app especially like itunes so then we know if you like us or not give us the all the stars every star you can i don't really care if you give us five stars just rate us and let us know what you think uh, and check. Yeah, don't forget if you like what you if you like what you saw, don't forget to click like and subscribe. Smash that uh, subscribe just, button. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, so now that we we're all into like our memories as kids and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. I think one of the last episodes we did before we took our break, before you were just vomiting, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. Toys R Us has one out of business. But since then, uh, they're trying to make a comeback already. Uh, mm-hmm. Should we care? Do we care? I personally don't. I I was like the one person, though, when – and you'll recall, I think, when we spoke about it, when they were closing, I was like the one person who wasn't emotionally, like, wistful and, like, uh, and really heartbroken about it. It seemed to me like, well, yeah, dude, like, Sears is going next in, in other news. It seems like headlines today uh, imply that's the case. But, um, yeah, as far as uh, – Toys R Us coming back, I think it makes sense, right? Uh, obviously, just given the outcry of support or people saying, wait, don't take my Toys R Us away and at the last second, um, obviously, there's enough people interested in whatever the the brand is, right? right. You think about companies like Atari um, and these other companies that have long since stopped being the original company under that masthead or whatever, it's or the letterhead. It's going to be just kind of a different business that uses that name. It doesn't surprise me at all that someone out there is going to um, be able to kind of reposition Toys R Us into uh, a new thing. Because I don't think – well, let me ask you this. With this Toys R Us making a comeback, 
is it simply a matter of someone bought the rights to like the name and likeness of Toys R Us no. and they're going to so do something this new? Is, or... This is a group that actually purchased it and before they went under. Okay. And I think what they've realized is that they just need to like blow it up and sort of reformulate and rebrand this, which uh, I think is a, is a good move, but what concerns me, are you just going to go to an online store situation? Right. Or what about those thousands of people who worked in your brick and mortar stores who are jobless now? Right. Uh, yeah. And all these empty places. Now here is, here's what I would like to see toys arrest do. I'm kind of, I kind of like this idea if they do a couple of things. One, go back to let me play with the damn toys. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Toys R Us used to have like an area where, or like not like an area, but like I was like, it was almost like a free like range of playing, you know, like all kinds of cool setups, especially for video games. You know what I mean? Like let me actually get in there and mess around, make it like kid friendly instead of it just being stuffed aisles of, of crap that I just, you know, it needs to be interactive, especially now. I mean, I don't want to just say kids nowadays have short attention spans, but everybody now has a short attention span, like shorter attention spans than ever. Right. And it only gets shorter with every phone we have in our pocket, with every computer we have lying around, um, with everything, right. We're always active and on the go. So make this interactive. Uh, and then also have a solid, like, uh, formula for online stuff and, you know, make yourself price match with Amazon, you know, I mean, do the best mm. you can and then make it available. I mean, that's kind of where I would like to see Toys R Us and basically any chain. I just, you know, I don't want to have to go to Walmart to play with a toy. That's not what I'm there for. Like Toys R Us was like for kids, make it for kids again, make Toys R Us kids again, <laughs> make Toys R Us great again. That's right. Um, no, I agree with you hundred percent. Well, except that I think it's a tall ask, right. For them to somehow be able to like price match Amazon where Amazon is able to be so lucrative because of they've basically obliterated overhead. Yeah. Uh, the idea of the brick and mortar, you know, between the cost of just keeping employees there, hell training them, keeping the lights on. There's just so much that goes into keeping a business alive that they don't have to do outside of it being basically a distribution business. It's what they do. So that said, though, I you, that's a really good point you make um, in terms of trying to find something that can help you stand out as a business. I think it's a, a really good point that uh, the idea of being able to try the toy kind of thing. Um, I think I'd mentioned perhaps in previous podcasts how uh, when it comes to having some video games, I like having like actual physical media. Um, I like that with like some of my, I have some vinyl records I like to have, or it's a really yeah. good album. There's a part of me, it's like, oh, that would be cool just to have, you know, I don't want it just in my iTunes, the file would be cool to have an actual sleeve with the record in it. And I think that tangibility, right. That, uh, way to kind of play with an object or hell in this case could be even video games, whatever the case may be, um, to kind of get a chance to really test it is something that is obviously lost when you're shopping online. So yeah, I think that maybe that is an avenue that, they could explore something old that would feel fresh because of just how much it's gone by the wayside. So yeah, I think that's a, a really good call. Hopefully uh, they're able to make the best of whatever their plans are or whatever they're, they're hoping to get out of resuscitating it. But at the end of the day, if they stick with the existing model of what they had yeah, and hell, just no anything as we're works. seeing, they're doomed. Exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. doomed to repeat. So. Yep. 
Every, awesome. It's 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 a case of adapt or die, right? So you 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 have yeah, to. Yeah, great. So you can sit here, you can talk about well, things have changed. Yeah, no shit, things have changed. You know what I mean? Like things right. always change. It's up to mm-hmm. you to adapt to that. So, I mean, I, this is too soon to really for me to really be like that excited about. And if it does come back, am I really that excited? Probably not. Um, but right. I think you know, if I ever have a kid like you, Mister Dad, um, you Mr. know, Dad. it might be a cool thing to to share with my child. So, all right, yeah. Uh, let's. Oh, you put up something interesting on here. I want to talk about this uh, Castlevania game exclusively on PS4. Um, why don't you yeah. tell me tell me about this because I don't know what you'd be talking about. Gotcha. So Konami is repackaging um, their Symphony of the Night. Uh, well, actually, they're also packaging, which is really kind of cool. Uh, they're release they're re-releasing it on PS4 now. They're the folks who that may remember that game. It was on PS1 originally. It's considered to be one of the greatest platformer um, games ever. A lot of times you'll hear now, right? Um, of these non-linear platformers that are referred to as Metroidvanias. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the little genre they're in. Well, that is a that portmanteau, or however the hell you pronounce it, that blending of words there is based off of Super Metroid, which I think was released in like 94 or something like that for Super Nintendo, and uh, Castlevania Symphony of Night, which was released for PS1 maybe in like 95, 96. So both of those games really kind of, they, they may feel a little dated, probably now, but not terribly, but they really push the envelope in terms of making these kind of large world games that um, really, the, the, they they almost kind of did level design in a huge, huge scale, but in a really smart way that kind of guided you through and also kept you puzzled and hunting for new stuff. And it was just something that, uh, you know, I think it's some small software outfits have put out similar ones like uh, Oh my gosh, the Guacamelee is one I played recently on PC that okay, uh, I thought yep. was really kind of similar. So they're, Konami's re-releasing it on PS4, and what they're doing is they're actually releasing it with a really rare game that I'd heard of, I've played, and I liked a lot, called Rondo of Blood, or sorry, Castlevania Rondo of Blood, mm-hmm. and it's the direct prequel to Symphony of Night. Uh, it came out on the TurboGrafx-16 CD in Japan only. And it, it, a lot of the art, a lot of the, really the art style, the style of the whole game is so much of exactly what you would see in Symphony of Night. So I think a lot of people uh, who really enjoy Symphony of Night are going to really enjoy the opportunity to play Rondo of Blood for the first time when this comes out. Problem is, it's exclusive to PS4. I don't know if that's actually a problem, um, but it, that's just kind of the, the way it's working out. I uh, Okay, so this feels to me a lot like Sony trying to reconnect I think with some of its former, um, I guess, diehards, right? So the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 are awesome, right? And I, I certainly thought the PlayStation 2 was better than the Xbox, without a doubt, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I, I, feel the same way. I preferred the PlayStation 3 to the Xbox 360. It's one of those things that actually had both, but um, so I actually preferred the PlayStation 3. But however, like I prefer the Xbox One over the PlayStation 4. Uh, and I wonder if there are a lot of people who felt the same way and now Sony needs to find a way to bring them back or bridges gap or whatever. And I feel sure. like they're almost chasing Nintendo with this because Nintendo is thriving on like remakes, redos and just like even though Konami is making, you know, games for Nintendo and for Sony uh or has in the past, uh I just I don't know, it feels like Sony is trying to do what it can to like keep up with the Joneses on this. Uh, in like 
Lou also with their PS one or their PS one mini release. So exactly. Uh, that's yeah. kind of what I'm feeling about this, man. Like I'm into it though. Like, uh, you know, Symphony Night was a great game, obviously. Uh, Rondo Blood, we can, I mean, I think, I wonder, has that ever been ported over at all? No, I don't think so. I think it's really, I mean, I've played it cause you know, me and getting a hold of like emulators in that. So Rondo I've played Blood, it on It looks PC. like it was on PSP and it did have an English, <clears throat> English script on PSP. Oh, it did. Well, never mind then. That's great. I just hadn't heard of the PSP release and that makes sense because, um, that's kind of another caveat with this whole thing is that the uh, PSP release, uh, at least for Symphony of the Night, um, it had changed the oft-quoted dialogue, the whole, uh, what is a man, uh, but a pile of dirty little secrets yeah. or something like that. You know what what I'm is about? a man? Yeah. That's it, yeah. And uh, they replaced it, or at least they, they kind of, it was very campy and really kind of silly dialogue, and that's what it's known for. And so some people are really kind of, are a little upset, I guess, that the one that's coming out on PS4 is the PSP re-release with the updated dialogue. But I think in this day and age, we've seen people disappointed with uh, reboots, or not reboots, but re-releases of old software on new platforms. That's probably the least of the worries. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a small thing. Yeah, this isn't a case where they're moving just... like a mobile port to a PS4 game. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. It's not like they moved that Secret of Mana or that Final Fantasy VI shit that they did. Um, where it just came out like crap. This is really, I think, a great representation of the original game. Um, but, but at the same time, what this does make me ask is, uh, when I was talking to like my brother-in-law, Kent, about this, he and I were talking about that PS1 uh, mini classic that's coming out, and it just seemed like a sure thing, right? I think even you and I had talked to Cynthia and I would be included on that. I don't know if, <laughs> if it is now, and this is kind of like maybe this new release is going to drag people in to get the rest of that set, or maybe this was a bone to throw towards consumers who they knew were going to be disappointed when the PS1 Classic came out and uh, maybe did or didn't include Symphony of Night. Because I do not know, I don't recall if Symphony of Night was one of those that was already confirmed. Yeah, I don't think we. Five. I don't think they've actually confirmed that just yet. And, no, I don't and think of they those confirmed this title, games. So. I think a number of them I never even played before. So. But if right, you're an avid yeah. PS1 fan, like I, I hear, like there's a lot of hype on just those few games that have been mentioned already. Yeah, I bet so, and I imagine the other 15 are going to be pretty solid too. So, so yeah, just kind of a neat thing. Um, but as far as differences, one other thing this this did tie into what I read about recently. You remember how they had? I think it was Mega Man 11 had just been released. Yeah, uh, have you two had, weeks ago? I have not had a chance to play. Two or weeks one, ago. one week ago, I'm sorry, and I have not had a chance to play it yet. I have not either. But what could, what did kind of crack me up? In terms of people, I don't know, gamers, I guess, being bitchy. I mean, at the same time, listen, I get it. I can be a little bitchy about the, the games that I love the most. And you just like, why ruin it if it's not fixed? So you're playing Mega Man 2, let's say. You get towards the end boss. You got those gates, right, that come up and down in that little waiting room before you get to the final boss fight. Yeah. Or not, but, you know, the boss fight at a level. Yep. So let's say you jump into the wall of the gates. It should freeze frame Mega Man in the air. The gates come up. He Fly, kind of floats through the air, in the air, and then lands on the other side when the gate closes, right? Mm-hmm. Mega Man 11, when you jump into the wall, it just it makes Mega Man land first, and then it opens the gate and walks it through. Really? So some people, yeah. So it's funny that that's such a little nothing, right? It's a nothing. But, but at the same time, people Mega are like, that's... God damn it, that's not Mega Man. Right, exactly. People yeah, I'm are, sitting here, and I'm angry about it right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude. So it's a little nothing. It doesn't really affect gameplay in any way that impacts your ability to do well or poorly in the game whatsoever. 
but it's still just like, I mean, if nothing else, imagine you're the programmer on that game and you really don't give a shit about Mega Man, but as far as like loving the games as they were, that's the kind of thing you're just like, oh, we don't need that. And you just throw it away flippantly and then you get a sea of people going, well, that's a stupid ass move. Why would you do that? So yeah, I think that that said, the little things that people will pick apart, I think Symphony of the Night with uh, not having that original dialogue and localization is is probably the the least of problems for them. Weird. Yeah. Eh, don't do that. You just don't, you just don't do that. I'm sorry. You right. don't do that. And I want you to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. Let's talk a little arcade. Uh, hey, but we're not going sh- to... I was going to say we're not going to mention Billy Mitchell's name, but here I am mentioning Billy Mitchell's name. This uh-huh. has nothing to do with Billy Mitchell. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, so, Arcade 1-Up. Mm-hmm. is a group that is making arcade machines that are like three quarters the size of an actual arcade machine. Right. So I am all into this just because as a man who has a small space dedicated to just himself, right? And I don't have a basement where I would put my dream arcade machine uh, for the small low price of three hundred dollars, two hundred ninety nine dollars, you can have a pretty good game. Uh, looks like the games available: Centipede, Millipede, Missile Command. Uh, let's see. Oh, these are hold multiple games in one cabinet. Okay, so this uh, there's a Centipede cabinet that has Centipede, Millipede, Missile Command, and Crystal's Castles. Then we've got an Atari one, Asteroids, Tempest, Major Havoc, and Lunar Lander. Midway's got one for Rampage, Defender, Joust, and Gauntlet. And then Capcom's got Street Fighter, uh, Super Street Fighter, and Street Fighter Turbo. That's a lot of different Street Fighters in the same game, especially. Uh, and then a Walmart exclusive's got Galaga and Galaxian. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm kind of into this, but these aren't like my favorite games that are available. Uh, my favorite arcade game of all time is Track and Field. And then I like Donkey Kong. And then as far as my wanting to own a cabinet, it starts to really go down from there. But these are some pretty cool uh, games. Phil, if you were in the business of owning an arcade system, is this a good buy for you? Yeah. So as far as the three-quarter cabinets, um, I think they're, I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's like so close, but yet so far kind of thing from maybe what I would want. Uh, I'm with you. If you've got limited space, I think it's excellent. I've actually seen some really cool kind of three-quarter cabinets out there that are more customizable just in their design. They're like ready to roll with like a a Raspberry Pi loaded onto it or even a Jamma board. Um, Jamma board is kind of like this really consistent um, format for arcade coin ops because people probably wouldn't even consider this. But when you think about an arcade cabinet, especially back in the 80s, it's basically a video game console that's designed to play just one game. And so as a result, you've got different chips on each game. You've got different uh, memory boards on each game. And it can really vary uh, heavily from a system to system. And so JAMA, which I think was basically like the Japanese arcade manufacturer or something, something, they got together and created a standard with the idea that if you're an arcade operator, certainly you don't want to just spend four grand on a, uh, an arcade machine that is just going to make money as long as it makes money, and then now it doesn't. When you could spend four grand or even maybe a little more at the time on a, a JAMA arcade cabinet where you could switch the games out because it would require that everybody use the same standard in the games they designed, which is a really smart and a big game changer for arcades. So I think 
those options are still around. I think uh, as far as an in-home uh, arcade cabinet, those are a great way to go. But for me with these particular devices, I'd have to see them in person for sure first. Um, I'd have to feel the joystick, I'd feel the buttons, make sure they're right. But I just, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm seeing the pictures of people playing them. And while it's cool, um, I also know that this company sells like a riser for the, because it's more like a, a tabletop, right? Yeah, well, it's, as far it, as when yeah, you buy it's these. just, I mean, it's a little bigger. It's 58 pounds. It's almost 60 pounds. So this is definitely okay. not well, pretty, a tabletop. Yeah, so it's, it's like 46, and looking at the dimensions, it's 46 inches tall and 23 inches wide, or 23, 23 inches uh, wide and then 19 inches deep. So, um, yeah, there. So yeah, they've got a riser for it. I don't know if that, that height there, I don't know if that includes it with or without kind of like the riser, but if it doesn't include it and that riser gives it extra height, then that's cool because that might actually get it to the appropriate height for a normal coin-op arcade machine. It would just obviously be smaller in terms of depth and width. Right. But yeah, I think that I think it's a really cool idea. If nothing else, with the onslaught we've seen with classic consoles, this is a really kind of fresh uh, look at that. And I don't know, like it seems like a lot of people, right, have been fighting to try to enter this space. I've seen some really cool companies that, are getting in there and making it easier and easier for these people to get these home consoles. But these guys, not only do they work with the original content, like the designers, these different companies, who or whoever it is that holds the rights to these arcade greats, but they were able to make enough inroads with major retailers. Yeah. Like that was probably the thing that surprised me yeah, most. Yeah, like you can actually I was like, pre-order this and buy this from like Walmart. You know what I mean? Like Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. Like no way. So that kind of blew my mind in terms of mostly because it, it was something that was not on my radar at all. Like I didn't hear a thing. Um, about this whole situation. So I was kind of shocked to see that it came out. I think the price is pretty reasonable. Um, looks like they kind of range right between like 275 and 350, depending yep. on the number of games are included. I, at the same time, I guess I don't know. There's probably a listener out there who's got a, an actual coin op arcade machine at home uh, that hell you could maybe spend the same amount of money on. But I know people in that kind of arcade cabinet community, they really hate, what they're seeing in terms of what they call the cannibalization yeah. of stand-up machines, right? Where people trim into main art cabinets, but they're gutting it to do mm-hmm. it. And so I don't know. I feel like this is probably a really, it's a good option to have on a table. It's probably not one I would go with, but I'm, I, I think it's a really cool option for a lot of people who would find it. Yeah. So this is not for, I don't think this is for a collector at all. I think this is for right. a guy who for 300 bucks goes, Oh cool. I can throw that in my bar in my bar room, you know, down in the basement. Exactly. Uh, I like that. It's got the original artwork on it. I think that's cool. Uh, I, I really I like too. that they got the license to use all these things. Uh, so I'm, Dude, I'm into it. Uh, I don't know if this is for me, just because, like, well, one, I'm just not a huge fan of these games. I mean, other than Street Fighter, um, I'm not going to go out of my way right. to, to pick these up. But I will tell you that this is a good deal, because if you want an Asteroids cabinet, it's probably going to run you close to a G, I would think. Well, that's because I imagine when you say an Asteroids cabinet, are you talking about the old original, it's called like a Vectrex or Vectrex? Vector display, vector. Yeah. It's like bright ass white. Have you seen those? Yes. Like a blinding white. Oh, I think they're so cool. Like there's very little. I think there's very few. I don't know if there are any others. I'm sure there are. Probably rarer. But 
our arcade coin ops that use that type of monitor, they've got to be impossible to service. I bet there's a very finite number of those things still on the planet that are in working order, which has got to be. So a I just dish. went to eBay real quick, but, and an Asteroids machine mm-hmm. is buy it now for seventeen hundred dollars. It's not even or best offer. Yeah. It's sixteen hundred ninety five dollars. Um, if it's the white, yeah, that makes sense because those are, those are such a rare piece. Of I'm going to look at look sold cool. items and see what actually somebody paid for it. Let me see if I okay. can find. Uh, so actually, the arcade one up version of this mm-hmm. for a twelve in one. This is a different thing. Just sold recently for six hundred dollars. Holy smokes! Uh, so I don't see an actual cabinet though. That was okay. An actual asteroids cabinet was recently sold for t- almost eleven hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, it can even probably be in relatively poor shape, particularly on the, the wood, mm-hmm. you know, on the cabinet itself and probably fetch that price. I'd imagine I, I'm the last person to be a master of pricing and collecting of, of uh, stand-up coin operated arcade machines. But um, yeah, I know I've, there's just something about that machine, man. Like no other games really have that vector display and you just know it when you see it because it, looks way different it just hits the eyes differently than every other arcade machine so that would be a really neat one to have well that's that brings up a good subject anyway we should cover while we're talking about these arcade machines um is there an arcade machine and you have in mind like if you could have any arcade machine in your house uh and it don't worry about size don't worry about getting it in knocking a wall out to fit it in if you gotta whatever it is what is like the do you have an arcade machine you've played in the past where you're like damn that is so great i wish i could play that whenever i wanted yeah, a track and field machine, and I would like to have the stand-up version, but also they have a tabletop of track and field that I would love to have. Um, so those are my that's my number one, and then I would love to have a Donkey Kong machine, but if not, like I would like to see a main. I would like to actually build a main machine is what I would like to do. Uh, yeah, and if if no, I, I think ever that's have, a really if good I call. ever have the space for it, I would like to build like a Pi Raspberry Pi main machine. But right now, I definitely don't have the space for it, and I certainly don't have the pull in my household to get away with it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's and also you uh, you sent me this link for this uh, group that was doing their like a to go pie Raspberry Pi kit, uh, yeah. and which I think is great because this is something I've actually been looking for for a while. Something that was oh yeah actually came with pre cut design something i would just read the instructions and put together sort of like a cat like an actual like housing cabinet like a bookshelf or something like that uh and then mm-hmm. all i have to do is actually hook in my pie itself and then buy a monitor to exactly go in, which is awesome and that and that cabinet you're seeing there the one i had sent you that is a three-quarter machine so if, if the one that was going you know in walmart we're talking about from arcade one up if that ticks the necessary box in terms of space for your little man this is what i'm whatever. this is what i'm buying 100 this right here yeah exactly with, i'm not That's i'm not buying thinking. the asteroid machine i'm gonna buy this uh retro machine here this uh alpha cade or whatever extension alpha cade yeah for 350 yeah i'm spending that i mean obviously i already have the raspberry pi <laughs> so i would right. just have to essentially buy myself a uh what is it like a 17 inch monitor 19 inch monitor something like that uh to, to yeah. throw in there 19 inch monitor which is great I would be more than happy to do yep. that it, once I have the space. And that monitor might just take you a quick trip to like Goodwill, dude, and find that thing for like. Oh yeah, bucks. I mean it's yeah, not a huge that, monitor, and they're everywhere. Yeah, they're yeah. a dime a dozen. I can get one. I can steal one from work. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Exactly. So 
yeah, I think this is great. Like this is perfect. Um, and this is again, another thing that you could like tinker with, right? So if you've ever wanted to get in the game of like, okay, like raspberry Pi sounds cool. What is it? Okay. Well, I can put all these different games on it. Uh, I can actually emulate arcade, Nintendo, Sega, whatever, but it's like, then it's like, man, like I would love to actually have an arcade machine, even though like I, but I'm just mm-hmm. not interested in an asteroids machine that has four different games that I don't give a shit about. Uh, but I really like to have an arcade where I can just come over and like my friends can play NFL blitz or NBA jam. Like this is that machine. And it comes with the buttons yeah, too. That's absolutely. the cool thing about it. It actually comes with the buttons. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things like you, like yeah. you have to go out and you have to buy, like sometimes you have to like furbish the actual cabinet yourself and then make right. a joystick panel for this to go into. And it's like, man, like that's, those are like, I am not handy enough to handle that. I'm just not. Fair enough. I think the reason they do that, right, is because historically, if you're the type of person who is willing to undertake the task of creating and building your own arcade machine, you are also probably the kind of person who would like to customize the controls. And what you might not think is somebody just a passive person just wanders into a barcade once in a while with some friends and plays some games is that not all those buttons are the same at all. Um, I can't remember really a way to what the terminology is, but you've seen like, you probably, a lot of gamers, for instance, that game on PC, mm-hmm. they don't enjoy your normal, I don't know what they call it, squishy keys or what, but your very typical quiet keyboard. Yeah. But you remember those old IBM keyboards that just make a hell of a <laughs> click on yeah, every key definitely. press? Like though that's like, they love that because of the fact that it's a mechanical, it's spring loaded, you can't miss the key, it can't miss your input. It's a it's a really excellent gaming device in that regard. And there's actually a lot of arcade machines where the uh, joystick is going to have four to eight different directional mechanical yeah. positions and so to be in. That's the as problem with to this a, too. A loose one is that this is going to have your all direction joystick. It's not going to you won't, you won't be able to like really play a good Donkey Kong game with this. Exactly, it's going to have thing. too many. Directions. That's where I think a lot of people are happy to buy it without the controls because they want to be picky. And making sure they're they're gonna spend yeah. maybe wait for that sale to go on where this normally forty five dollar joystick comes on sale for like twenty five and they'll snatch up two of them. Yeah. That seems like the kind of the game people. Play. Yeah. So this is I mean this is just for casual gaming. You right. turn it on every now and then as like a talking piece. Yeah. You got some friends over, uh, or it's like it'd be like a halftime of a football game. This is what I see this as, right? Exactly. So, I think you're dead on. The one thing I would love to see on this would be a trackball. Uh, I think that right? oh, that's they, the one thing I'm missing from this is a trackball. Well, the one I sent you, that was just like one lowest end version. Oh, so there's certainly, okay. I think they do have trackballs and all that, but I don't know if they have trackballs. They must, right? Because I think I saw Centipede on the Arcade 1-Up. So that requires a trackball. So, well, hell, maybe it doesn't. Maybe you just use a joystick for it. But yeah, I'm sure that that company, um, and I feel bad all of a sudden talking about them. I can't remember their name off the top of my head, but um, or Rec Room Masters is who they were. Yeah, they uh, they've got some I think that have trackballs equipped. But again, the more custom you get, the more bells and whistles you can put on it. Probably the higher it creeps up in price, and it, you're also asking yourself that question of, as it inches up in price, is it the type of controls? Am I getting the best bang for my buck? And and that I wouldn't know, but it's a that probably has a lot to do with why you don't see those often packaged together. But yeah, man. As, as, but I don't know we were asking. I was asking you about like an arcade machine you wish you could have in your house. There's one that I've got, I wish I could have. And it's, I've rarely ever seen it. Have you ever seen the Namco shoot and crash arcade machine? No. It's a, it's a gun game where you just shoot targets 
But for whatever reason, at the end of it, there's a, a coffee mug and you're supposed to shoot the, the coffee mug. But there's this voice on the machine that will shout out like, shoot the cup. And you, I don't know. It's the <laughs> strangest goddamn game. But you should pull up. Maybe someone will shoot you, uh, send you a video of it. But um, I would kill, dude. I, I don't know why I love that gun game so damn much. But it is a fun, stupid little, or huge, not little. It's massive. It would be one of those knock the wall out practically to get in, especially if you get like a side by side. It's But it's it's one of those machines I just never see. And I really wish I saw more often. I love yeah. it. Quick and crash. Quick and crash. All right. Yeah, it sounds That's like right. I have to check that out. It'd be really cool if, like, so all these barcades that are popping up all over the place, which, I mean, I'm not going to lie, the novelty is wearing off on me. Um, because whenever you go to those things, they're just packed with people. Oh, yeah. And so you never, act, which is good for the business, right? I understand that. Sure. And, like, but in shit for the games, though, like, people just tear oh, those things I know. up. They never they work never right. They never work right. And again, but see, that's right. the thing is, so you and I, we want to go in there and actually play a game, right? Me right. again, but this goes to the back to like some, a casual player just wants to go in there and be like, ha ha, dude, I play this game called Popeye. That's crazy, man. Like what's a Popeye, you know? Like, and so yep. I understand that, but like, I still want to be able to play the game. I wish it was profitable to have a museum you can drink in, or you know what I mean? Like a place where respect is paid to the objects on display, but you can also have a beer and a laugh. I don't know. It's just a, what if you made everybody sign a, a goddamn form that said, if I'm a dickhead, you'll cut my hands off. I don't know. But why are people going in arcades being mean to these old, they're antiques. They're like 30 years old yeah. or more. 30 years ago was 1988. Right. Which is also heartbreaking as I say it out loud. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, man, like you got games in there from like, 1983 mm -hmm. that's a 35 year old game why are you rocking that thing from side to side because you couldn't get the hammer throw right to work i mean that's what i do but that's because it's track and field fuck that game no i'm just kidding i love that game uh, too so yeah then the question is well okay i might have a question for you dear did you have you ever did you ever go to the arcade in mclean illinois uh no i don't think so there I actually is really a have... playable arcade museum in mclean illinois oh Damn it. I didn't even know. I don't think I've ever been to McLean. <laughs> I've lived in McLean County, yeah. but I've so never been like, to its So it's like it's a 15 to 20 minute drive from Blono, right? Okay. And yeah. there is just this little gem of an arcade that has like a bunch of just like classic games. But when we used to go there, there was never anybody there. It used to be just me and my brother. And we mm -hmm. would play track and field until we threw up, right? Uh, or until Ugh. we ran out of quarters. Sounds yeah, awesome. It was great. I mean, there's, there's no like bar in there, uh, so you can't like drink. But also now mm -hmm. they have an Airbnb where you can actually rent out the whole place. Like you stay like the oh, night in the, the dude, apartment dude. upstairs and then you have access to the arcade like whenever you want. Dude, that is a smart. Oh, my gosh. A and b with arcade focus. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. That's smart. It used to only be open on Friday play. nights and Saturdays. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know. Again, this has been years since I've been there because I've moved away, but sure. It was my favorite thing to do on a Saturday or a Friday night. It was great. Oh, I bet. I would have loved that. And too. When, yeah, before awesome. Parker moved away, we used to tear it up all the time. All right. Well, now that I've waxed philosophical and gotten all sad about me not being able to go to the McLean uh, arcade museum, shout out by the way, to the McLean arcade museum. Uh, let's keep with the theme of, emulation and we talked a while back about the switch and mm -hmm. people already find a way to hack that 
Well, now you can do a little bit more with that Switch, which I guess is pretty cool. It's still not ready to hack my Switch yet, Phil, but is a sure. f- more hackable Switch. You know, are you gonna? Are you in yet? Are you in on the Switch game? Well, I'm not, but there's a more like the Switch itself as a console is more hackable. Yeah, so you can actually. Oh, so damn. RetroArch put out or, or has a way to now you can actually do more games you could do psp 64 genesis ps1 all kinds of different things uh they're this no yeah the same group that actually did like the psp emulators which i have actually used uh which is they're great sure. dude like and, awesome. Re- and retro arc is definitely wink wink nudge nudge your that nintendo i ship back yeah. to you uh the nes classic mini retro arc is also what runs it okay that's really interesting. Yeah. Huh. So um, it's really cool. Because I think it's this is great. And obviously, uh, people are still trying to work their way through the Nintendo Switch online. And I am just, I'm mm-hmm. not ready to hack my Switch yet. I'm just not in that biz just yet. Right. Uh, it may be if years you were to, way, but not right now. If you were to do it, I feel like you have to buy a second one. Like, you can kiss whatever Switch you mod goodbye in terms of, having it operate with a new software. Right. Like Nintendo will blackball the shit out of you if they catch any whiff of you uh, circumventing anti-piracy, uh, circumventing any like firmware design, you're super fucked. And that's it. And that's just part of how it goes, right? Like I feel like there's even probably a reasonable audience of people out there. I don't have the spare change for it, but in another life, I certainly would. Where, yeah, maybe I would want to switch, like an unofficial unofficial switch and a uh, official switch, where one is really meant to just kind of play a lot of games I want to play whenever I want on the go. Because I think, as a piece of hardware, the Nintendo Switch is really awesome. Yeah. I think it it's does some really, really, really cool stuff that would be awesome for... I just think it... You think about these little pie machines, and they've even done pie handhelds, and I don't know. I think, invariably, they all suck or have pretty major shortcomings somewhere because i don't know they're just not they're just trying to ship they're trying to ship a product they don't give a shit nintendo is so much into hardware design that to take their handheld and mod it and be able to put whatever the hell you want on it it's got to be pretty sweet so no i think that's it's cool that they're modding it um because i'm always into the idea of people taking you know their product and making it do whatever the hell they want i i think it's important when you own a product that if you if I want to use my blender to run the switch, you know, the lights in my house, I, if I can find a way to do it, I don't know why they'd be like, well, that's not what a blender's for and it'd sue you for it. You know what I mean? Like when you own a console, if you really want to step outside of how the manufacturers intended it and you can pull it off, go for it. But at the same time, I would not expect any kindness coming your way uh, from Nintendo once you do that. Yeah, I, I agree. And like I said, maybe down the road, you know, 10 years, 15 years down the road when the when the Nintendo puts out its newest console, um, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they're updated to switch at some point, maybe it's 25 years down the road and sure. Maybe I'll hack a, a switch at that point, but right now I'm just not ready for, um, no, exactly. But I Good do call. like the idea of playing, you know, a Nintendo 64 game on the switch. And I really hope they allow me to do that soon with like this online service. Mm-hmm. Like if I can actually play some GameCube games, like let's fire this up, let's fire this effing thing up. And then I will be happy. And speaking of Nintendo Online, dude, you sent me like this really cool uh, thing about this Le- The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's exactly. Dude, what I'm hyped too. As I'm hyped. We're just, we were just talking right about how uh, 
they don't really like Nintendo doesn't like you hacking their stuff. But what I think Nintendo finally had a, a moment where they clicked in their minds is, well, rather than just punishing people who might want to do something a little more with our hardware, let's do a little more with our software. And so like you're one of the things that I think is really kind of cool that you've shown me is uh, what you'll do with the Legend of Zelda uh, with the competitions with the yeah, randomizer. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's really kind of great is it takes an old game, puts a new spin on it. And Nintendo, of course, has really been reluctant to with really any changes, any release. Right. Like they've guarded their intellectual properties super hard for all these years. And now we're seeing it, some of it kind of being loosened up a bit and uh, made commercially available. And what I think they're also doing is they're realizing that the fact that that many people historically have been excited to modify their software one way or another isn't exactly just a finger you know, to poke them in the eye. It's because there's an audience of people who would like to play the games they've made that maybe have some changes applied here and there to freshen it up a bit to kind of make the experience yeah. new. And I think that once they realize that, uh, the fact that they re-released The Legend of Zelda with, I can't remember what they called it, like souped up or they called it something funny. Uh, but basically it's the exact same game that came out, probably would have been like 86. But now you start with like 255 rupees, like the max amount. You start with the blue ring, I think five bits of health. It just makes the game much easier. And it's just this idea of like, yeah, like that's a smart ass idea, dude. Like you really should try to find a way to freshen up old software. And if you can do it, like you can still put the original Legend of Zelda side by side with this new version and you don't lose anything for it. So I'm excited to see. I I hope that this means they're going to do more of that. Like I'd love to see what Nintendo, Nintendo knows fun. You know, they're, they're able to, if they're able <laughs> put to it take on a t-shirt, Nintendo knows put fun. It on a t-shirt. <laughs> they do. Uh, but seriously, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what their minds, the people in their R&D one team, the people who make a lot of these Zelda and Nintendo games, they're, they are so meticulous on the history of the games they've designed and trying to find what worked the best and find a way to kind of do that again now uh, in like in new titles. I mean, kind of learning from old mm -hmm. mistakes and old wins. And yeah, if they're able to apply that same logic they've developed since 86, but then put it back on games that came out in 86, that's awesome. I just think that the sky's the limit. They could really come out with some neat, flavors or whatever of old software and i think it'd be a lot of fun to play mario brothers in a way that you'd never played it before but in a way that nintendo carefully balanced in a way that was new yeah. you know what i mean and like what i'm really excited about i'm excited to speed run this like yeah so exactly it, that's exactly so right. it takes yeah. away the idea that you actually have to farm for rupees okay oh, uh yeah, so it takes totally. away some bomb spots as you have to do uh you don't have to go around collecting mm -hmm. keys like you can do key skips uh the white sword and the blue ring just means sure makes means you can tank more things uh because yep. being this game you don't ever even need the blue ring power bracelet who can like the power bracelet doesn't really matter you don't need that to beat the game i don't think i'm trying to think no, you no. No, well, no, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No, I, I mean not. I speed on the game, and I'm just trying to go through my head of like all the stages, and I don't. Uh, it's just for warps, right? Like there's yes, no other purpose. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. It. So you don't need the power brace yeah. to do the game. Other, well, then maybe this will be uh, faster. Now you can get around Hyrule faster, uh, other than like the yeah. ring, you know, or the whistle. So wow, you're this right. could be. I think this is kind of a new fun yeah, speed run. Speed run. You know? uh, and yeah. with the new controllers, obviously. Okay, so right now, like it's really hard to speed run and do clips and stuff with the uh, mm -hmm. current. Uh, switch controllers, Joy Cons, and even the Pro controller. Uh, what I when I was trying to speedrun it myself on the Switch, uh, the ladder clips are tough. The um, because it's a one frame tap, and with this, mm -hmm. you know, you have it, you don't have just four directions. You now have 
all the directions when you're playing the game. So doing your one frame taps are tough. Uh, so yeah, but this could be fun. If, if the new controller, I want to know if, when they come out with the actual like NES style controller, I'd like to see how that works out and see if that would actually make it a little easier to, to speed run. Yeah. And that's such a good point too, as far as speed running and just kind of other people who enjoy playing the games in a different light like that. Uh, cause most people, you know, they think of a game, they'll pick it up, play it for a little bit and set it down. But whenever it comes to speed running, everybody's married to the original software. Mm-hmm. And that's because everybody's got to be in agreement. There's no point in measuring the time it takes you to beat game A if somebody else is playing the same game, but it's got a setting that's different. It defeats the purpose. So I think what's really cool is that with that in mind, I don't know that there have been a lot of hacks uh, to ROMs that have been popular in the speedrunning community, the existing speedrunning community. Uh, but I think you could see some popularity come out of Nintendo-sanctioned hacks like mm-hmm. this, where everybody knows they're getting access to the exact same file. There's no question of, well, how far are we straying from it? It just kind of puts the ball in Nintendo's court, and I think that um, you're just going to find a lot of speedrunners. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. Like, yeah, imagine speedrunners. They would love to get a new flavor of this, and it's going to be consistent yeah. with everybody who's also wanting to do the same thing. It's yeah, really and cool. it, it will, it, they'll right. just create, like on speedrun.com, they'll just create a new category, you know, for speedrun uh, Legends right. Special. Right. And I think it'll be kind of fun. We'll see. I, I'm really interested to see what kind of routes people come up with. Uh, yeah. And maybe I'll break new ground and be the first person to try it. I don't know. Um, Better get started tonight. I feel like you're <laughs> to be the first at anything speedrunning, you have to start last week. And yeah, it's somebody's already done it. 20, 20 hours a day. Right? Somebody's already done it. I've been <laughs> spending too much time playing Forza Horizon 4 on my Xbox. This is now passing me up, and I will never own a world record in a video game my whole life. Which is fine. I'm okay with that, Mom. I'm fine. I'm fine. Sure. You're fine. I'm fine. Yep. Uh, but also some new games coming out for the uh, that have come out recently uh, for the Nintendo. NES Open, uh, Golf, Solomon's Key, and Dodgeball have been added to the list of games. And oh, like Tecmo Super Dodgeball, yeah, right? Super Dodgeball. The other two, I could forget. It's NES Open. I just don't like those golf games. Solomon that much, Key's kind of but, interesting uh, game. It's like a really tough puzzle I, game. I agree. Like, and it's it's it, it is. It's a cool it's game. It's really weird because it's an obscure game. Super obscure. And I think it's by Tecmo. Yeah. It's the same people yep. who made that Mighty Bomb Jack. Definitely the same. And Mighty and Mighty yeah. Bomb Jack. Speaking of which, is actually uh, one of the new ones coming out next month. Excellent. That's such a yeah, that's awesome because I love that game. It's got one of the, it's one of those games that's super hard, right? But I've never felt the game rip me off or cheated me in terms of its controls and hit the, the hitbox detection and all that. I think that's one of the most on point and underappreciated NES titles is Mighty Bomb yeah, Jack. That you game, love that game, and I the love physics of floating and flying. It's uh, yeah, it's such a cool game, and it's not. I don't. I've never seen games that really taken a page from it, but its whole floating down with its jump, it's super cool. Uh, another uh, game's coming out next month, Metroid, which I'm surprised wasn't on this original, but I, but I guess right. you can't have it exactly the same as the NES classic or else you're essentially, what's the point, right? I mean, at, um, yeah. Mighty Bomb Jack. And if you put all the good stuff up front, it just dies yeah. down the excitement that could last on it. So it makes sense. It's probably going to trickle out some really great games. Yeah. Just weren't there uh, Twin B, launch. I'm not really familiar with, um, that game. Yeah, Konami shooter game, yeah. I think, or yeah. looks pretty shootery. Yeah. And then in December, we've got Wario Woods, Ninja Gaiden, and, uh, your, your game, Lolo, Adventure of Lolo. Yeah. Adventure of Lolo is all right. That's for whatever reason. Just one of those games that, um, I got into as a kid and I, I still play occasionally yeah. now. Uh, so uh, Nintendo is doing it and doing it well. Uh, I again, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> to quote my man L. Cool J, it's doing it and yeah, doing exactly. it well. <laughs> I guess you guys didn't realize ladies you were going to get ladies rapping love in this Nintendo show. Switch titles. Uh, I got yeah. some other things I wanted to talk about, uh, and I'm because we're just I'm just going to blow right through it real quick. Uh, Fortnite has made over three hundred million dollars uh, in just online purchases. So you know, shout out to Fortnite. Damn. Starving countries out there. It looks yeah. like uh, the solution to becoming feasible. You just need to apparently make Fortnite. I don't know. That's crazy, dude. That's a third of a billion dollars. Think of there's so many. Countries. And that's just mobile, dude. <laughs> like that's just yeah. on iOS, like iOS and Android. You know what I mean? Like, God that's damn, insane. That's yeah. crazy. That's not. Yep. I don't know what to make of that. That's. I, I want to say that's too much money, but I understand that. I don't want to say it's flash in the pan because I, I don't know what the staying power necessarily will be for Fortnite, have you seen it starting to shrink away is it is it still running as hot as it uh, once was or is it starting you to know ebb? i th- i think it, it, this is a game that doesn't go anywhere for a while um certainly okay. it's still catching a ton of views on twitch um yeah i don't think it's going anywhere for a while the fact that it's made 300 million dollars on mobile i think is pretty crazy that's what's got me like whoa Right. And again, the other thing, too, like you've pointed out before, which I think is an important consideration to make, there's no money being spent on the pay to play. No, kind of all this format. stuff is cosmetic. Like, no, right. Like, because also one thing I don't never asked it, but I'm sure it's the case, given what we've discussed before. But it's not like it holds you hostage where it says, oh, I'm sorry, you played two games today and you have to wait till tomorrow unless you buy our super nope. snack and then you can play three more games. That's nope, that's great. Just that's keep crazy. on keeping on. I mean, it rips your phone's wow. battery for sure. Yeah, dude, it gets warm AF. But <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, and I don't play Fortnite mobile. But well, I guess I do to just kind of do my challenges for the week when I'm like I've got lunch break at work or whatever. I'm just kind of sitting around and just you know don't want to work on my lunch break. I'll play on my phone a little bit but you know that's about it all right yeah. so that's it that's all the fortnite we're gonna do uh and the last thing i want to talk about today phil is we didn't get a chance to do this last week mm-hmm. is it's fall tv season it and we like tv, TV i like tv uh, i do but i man i'm worried that i don't i don't know what's going on this fall i i don't know what's going on it's, it's like tv i don't have anything in my I don't have anything coming up that I'm that excited about. I feel like a lot of the shows I'm really super excited about either just ended, like Better Call Saul just ended this week, okay. or other shows I think aren't going to start up until uh, 2019 at this point. I, I feel like this is when like the Oscar seasons hits. Maybe some of the shows I like just don't try to compete. So I may come up a little empty on the fall season, but at the same time, remind me of what is there to be excited about for this All right. fall. Well, I guess I'll go. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I guess I'll go. So the shows that I'm watching currently, uh, let's see. So Ballers just ended on HBO, uh, but I really like Mm -hmm. The Deuce on HBO. I think that's kind of fun. It's got uh, James Franco and Maggie Gyllenhaal and a lot of like just other people. I think it's a pretty cool show. Isn't isn't, um, Andrew Dice Clay in that or something? I haven't. I don't think I've seen Andrew Dice Clay yet. Oh, wow. Because I heard he – so the reason I thought of that is I think he's got a part of some kind in – What's that movie? It's coming out with Bradley Cooper and Stars Born. Oh, the Lady Gaga with, uh, movie. Him and the Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga joint. Yeah, he's in that. <laughs> he's in that, and I was like, "Is this an Onion article? Like, what do you mean, <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay's in a movie? Uh, what year is this?" And so, sure enough, I find out that he's—I think he's been in The Deuce, yeah. um, or maybe he was in Vinyl. I don't know. He was in some show that 
uh, was based in the seventies and, uh, he supposedly did a really good job. I just hadn't yeah. seen it. I have, so. Yeah. I have not seen, I don't remember seeing him in the deuce. Definitely not. But huh. there's certainly okay. some other people you recognize you're like, oh, that guy. Um, right, right. So another show I have been watching is Shameless. Still a big Shameless fan. Uh, oh, wow. That's still on. That's What season is it on? Like I think it's nine? eight or nine. I can't remember. Yeah, it's got to be. I think be. this is uh, Emmy Rossum's last season. So the lady who plays Fiona Gallagher, this is it for her. Oh, someone else is jumping ship too. I thought I read It's possible that this that is show. the last season, but... Um, yeah, I think she, she, this is it for her after this season, which nine seasons, man, like that's a lot. I know it's a long time, especially nowadays. I feel like time moves faster kind of as years get on. I don't know. Like, it's crazy to imagine then if it's been on for nine years and your show started in 2009, like I, to me, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but it's certainly a lot on TV has come and gone, yeah. uh, since 2009. So that's crazy. They're still on. Did you see, uh, Oh my God. Castle rock is on Hulu. No, but I've just, heard some things. Cause that's Stephen King. Well, yeah, yes. And no, I think it's more like JJ Abrams does. I think it was JJ Abrams does Stephen King. Um, who was it that did lost originally? Wasn't him? Yeah. Shit. I'm just getting, I'm, I bet I'm just putting out all these wrong names going to get killed. But, um, yeah, I think it was more like writing people, like some really great television writers got together to make a new show that's based roundaboutly on uh the collective works of stephen king so it's not from him exactly but it's more in the vein of and it was really good but the reason i bring it up is uh a uh, one of the one of the cast members on that i think at least for like the first uh he was a a bigger part for a, a number of episodes was one of the guys from um your show shameless so i don't know he if i can't remember the guy's name but i would check it out i think uh he's like he was like one of the sons of william h macy okay I think at the very beginning, he's the one who would have pissed on him in like the very first episode of the whole show out the window on the right. second floor. Okay. Yeah. It could be a number. Yeah, I can't remember if I, back that far, but yeah. And I'll definitely have to, I'll check that out, man. I'm into that. Um, yeah, I would. Other things that I'm messing with, uh, this is us, uh, or as my girlfriend calls it, the sad show. We talked about that last week where yep. she hates we Mandy did. Moore, uh, furiously. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. and it, things have not changed this season at all. And then, uh, let's see, The Good Place. Uh, oh, yeah, The Good Place. I love Fair The enough. Good Place. I think that's a really I, clever show. I didn't like The Good Place. Uh, I tried watching it. I mean, let me say this. I, I didn't like it at first. I tried watching it when it first came out, got through the first maybe three or four episodes, and I was like, this show sucks, and didn't get into it. And then uh, uh, Autumn, friend of mine, it's uh, my brother-in-law's girlfriend, she had just talked about it. No, it was really good. And so Kate gave it another shot. And yeah, it actually ended up being pretty good. Like, uh, especially once the whole ruse of what that show was about is up mm-hmm. towards the end of the first yeah. season. Um, yeah, I've really grown to like it. I think it's a, it's a pretty cool yeah, show. I think Ted Danson's awesome in that show. Yeah. And awesome. like, I've never hated Kristen Bell, but I certainly appreciate Kristen Bell more because of this show. Like, I'm, I don't know. I just, <laughs> sure. I really like the entire cast. I'm not going to lie. That's one of those rare shows where I'm just like, hmm, I don't hate anybody here. This is good. I'm into this. So... Well, so if I can't get really any TV shows I'm that excited about, because um, basically my my TV life at this point revolves around waiting for Mr. Robot to come back. And uh, I guess at this point, better call Saul, but I'm going to have a while since that just ended uh, this Monday. There's movies, though, I do think are coming up. I'm kind of excited about. Um, well, I feel bad all of a sudden. I can't remember the name, but it's the one with 
the the moon landing. It's got our guy, uh, stoic one stone faced actor who plays the same, like, uh, God damn it. Ed Harris. Drive me nuts. No, I wish. All right. I'm just going to look it up. Look it up, man. He was in. Let me see. It up. Man, he's just all the chicks were crazy about him. He played Lars in a real girl. Ryan Gosling, that dude. Ryan Gosling Gosling is stone faced. Yeah, dude. Are you kidding? What what is his most animated face? Doesn't he just kind of let it rest and then just be on screen? Seriously. I mean, I like the guy, but dude, okay. he's played the I'm same person lie. in every okay. movie he's yeah, been I'm in. I'm into it. All right. But <laughs> That's a tough hot take. I get it. It's kind but... of a hot take. <laughs> and it's not because like I have yeah. a man crush on Ryan Gosling, but I would have never considered him stone-faced up until you just said it. Oh, dude, Lars and a real girl bums me out. That movie sucks. Like, like I can't. Like and, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm picturing him in like La La Land, and I'm just like I'm not like seeing Stone Faced. And uh, I picture him. I guess I didn't in, see La La Land. Uh, what was it? Was it? Is it the Big Short? Is that what he's in? How about Drive? How about Drive? Did he have a lot of facial expressions in the film? No, Drive? that's one movie. <laughs> oh, dude, that's all of them. All right, what else we got? Go run me through your run me through your Ryan Gosling. Okay, so remember the Titans, right? Ryan Gosling, I don't think is slack jawed and Ryan. Don't I mean, he's kind of a, he's a, yeah, Gomer, maybe not. Right. And <laughs> hell yeah. And, uh, Gomer for life, dude. Gomer is stone. Fa- I guess that's what I mean. Never mind. Let's change stone face for Gomer. I think he plays a Gomer in a hell of a lot of movies. Uh, he was in the big short though. Right. Or not the big short. Um, was it the big short? What was, what am I thinking? I think he might've been in that. Uh, okay. So the notebook. Yes. Okay. I, I, I've only seen a little bit. Yeah, he was in the big short. Um, okay, so I'm trying to go, I'm going through his IMDb right now. All right, well, Half Nelson, which is the first movie I saw him in, that's older. It's 2006. Uh-huh. That dude, he's a Gomer. It's a great film. It's a really, really good film, actually. But he is a Gomer. Okay. And it's just like I don't know. So the Notebook, sure. It just reminds. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just not seeing him as stone faced. His face is at rest all the time. All right, dude, I'm going to I am going to watch some Ryan Gosling movies. (laughs) Good. And then I am going to like report back because I'm yeah. Also, he's older than us. Yeah. Right. Like Ryan Gosling's older. That's weird. Yeah. I kind of thought he was just a little younger. Weird. All right. We got to step our game up, man, because we don't look anything like Ryan Gosling. But this Gomer is in a movie that is just going to be so good. Uh, Neil Armstrong, God though, damn, it's a very it's... important part. He's playing Neil the Man Armstrong. Absolutely. No, I think he's going to be great in First okay. Man. I'm looking I'm forward to seeing First let's, Man. Let's let it happen. Um, the Queen movie that's coming out, I think it's called Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. Got my my boy from Mr. Robot in that. I think he's going to yeah, be the best Yeah, people actor. have been like saying Rami Malek on this has, is like legit. Dude, like they, they, They're saying the movie's so not even that great, but he is like so good. Yes. Yeah, I totally. I think you're right. I, I think well, I think they're right. I. I I'm not going it, in with. I'm yeah, not going man, in with high just, expectations in this movie. But. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of it. am, but I probably should temper those. Yeah. Yeah, I bet the movie's not that great, but I think he'll do such a good performance. I just think the dude's incredible. Like he's just such a good actor. I don't know. Um, again, it's just because I. I'm just in love with Mr. Robot so damn much, and it's all I want to talk about, and no one on earth watches it. It breaks my heart. Yeah, and you've told me many times so to watch it. Damn good. And... Dude, I've told like everybody I know with the likes good TV, 
and they're just like, yeah. And then it just never, <laughs> it never happens. They're just like, no, that's cool. Like I'm going to keep watching these other shows. And it's yeah, like, I'm going to rewatch Parks and Rec know. for the ninth time. Exactly. That's so, me. Listen, what are you gonna do? Why are you gonna watch Mr. Robot for the first time when you could watch Parks and Rec for the tenth time? Come well, on. Speaking now. of watching things over again, so, so I was listening to our friends yeah. over at the Loose Thursday podcast, and Riley is oh, yeah. in the middle of watching The Office for the first time. Oh, right and on. I, I think he was in the boat of like, well, this is an overhyped show. I really don't want to watch it. Type person, you know? Sure. But he's watching it. And he's enjoying sure. it. And I was like, good man, because The Office is really freaking funny. I think it goes through some highs and lows. I, I just remember some seasons being way stronger. I was talking to Kate uh, y- the other day, maybe yesterday. Like, I suddenly just remembered that episode. It's like probably one of my all-time favorite episodes, The Office, where it was just insane, for The Office anyway, is when Jim and Pam go have dinner at Michael and Jan's house. <laughs> and he's got that light up beer sign and she's singing along to that like CD that came from like some 17 year old yeah, boy or her, some oh shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. That episode <laughs> is so insane. It's so good. But yeah, that's I, the office. It really did. I didn't like the way it started. Um, it really took way too much, like almost line for line from the British yeah. one. But once it kind of came into its own, I think in many ways it, it eclipsed the British one. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Ricky Gervais yeah. version, but yeah, I, the American Office. Some of its seasons are just so yeah, good. And I would say the same thing with Parks and Rec. Like the first season's rough, but watch it. Just right, get through right. it because it's going to be a, yeah. a crazy good time after that. Uh, but let's let's get yeah, back to this movie. Right. So I want to talk more about these movies, and then I, I want to get done. I want to go play. I want to go play Forza Horizon Four. Want to get this done? <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there any other movies that are? Uh, I know Kate's going to go actually see A Star is Born. Um, I've heard it's good. And I'll be honest, I don't. it doesn't look like the kind of movie I would like, but it still looks pretty good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Have you seen the previews for that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it could be pretty good. Have you, do you have any films in mind that you're looking forward to the fall and well, winter? I wasn't year? really, I'm, dude, I see this, uh, I see ads for the Bad Times of the El Royale like a thousand times a day. Uh, so maybe, maybe oh, right. that. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Venom, I've heard some not so great things about. Same. Yeah. Uh, but I love yeah, Tom Hardy. That's, that's the problem, man. I think Tom Hardy's awesome. Same. Yeah, I think he's awesome too. And maybe it's pretty good. A lot of it is probably because it comes back to the problem that Sony is making Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, because they got rights to a lot of these little groupings of characters. And at the end of the day, they they just don't have the the compass to get them to the final picture in the same way that I think Marvel does. And Sony's making a Sony film and it just doesn't fucking get you there, which is too bad. Uh, So yeah, I mean, there's a couple things I'm looking forward to. And then when the Christmas season comes, there'll be some cooler movies come out too. And so probably excited for that. I think that's when like the new fantastic beasts come out. uh, Yeah, there you go. Uh, One thing I want to mention before remind me of talking about TV. Um, So I started watching this show on Amazon. It's called the marvelous Mrs. Meisel. Have you heard of this show? Oh, yeah. Not a fan? Well, I I watched parts of it, and it didn't grab me. And then Kate watched it, didn't dig it. And so I was I gave up there. I didn't know it was good. But it, the dude thing, it cleans up at the Emmys. It, they just threw awards at it like crazy. So and I can see why they and, did. But, I yeah. mean, I'm enjoying it. It's an enjoy. I wouldn't call it like my favorite TV show ever, but I'm enjoying it. 
Sure. So I don't know. Yeah. That was on a recommendation from a friend. Shout out to uh, my friends, Adam and Jordan for telling me about the show. So I watched like, Oh my God, Adam and Jordan. That's awesome. You know what? I need to talk to them and figure out how to get people to watch Mr. Robot. It sounds like, cause you're watching Mr. Maisel or whatever the fuck it is. So <laughs> Just I have a thing for housewives in the uh, late fifties, early sixties. I'm sorry. What can I say? Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's yeah. wrap this joint up. Uh, Carolina box podcast, episode 14. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes, Podbean, uh, wherever it is. You listen to podcasts, the Spotify, the Google play, the whatever we're here. We're everywhere. Uh, big shout out to our friends over the loose Thursday podcast for keeping the faith in us and keeping the hope alive. Uh, and <laughs> they talk, uh, about their scariest movies. We probably should have a spooky episode. Uh, maybe we'll talk about some spooky video games next time because <laughs> spooky yeah. video games. You're right, man. We're getting close to Halloween. Yeah, let's talk about some spooky games next time, Phil. Yeah. There's your preview that. for next week. We're, uh, we're already decided that we're going to talk about spooky video games. Um, why did I swallow <laughs> my mic? Cause that's spooky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking terrifying. All right. I'm ready to go play Forza Horizon four. Phil, you got anything you want to add before we shut this down? No, I don't. Enjoy your uh, your fours of four. All right, I will, buddy. Uh, we will talk soon. And thanks again for listening to the Complete Inbox Podcast. Later. Later, man. <laughs>